highly recommend watching the show. If you're an adult, it's it has very adult themes. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's addressing middle school experience. It's rated MA for a reason. <laughs> This is Not Just Book Club with Hearts in Taiwan. Today we're discussing the Hulu show Pen15. This is, this is something that like we, we can both talk about because I just, I started, I got Hulu like a few months ago and like I just started watching this show Pen15, which if you write the name out, P-E-N-1-5, and you put on your middle school brain, <laughs> you will understand why this why this TV show is called <laughs> Pen15. Because <laughs> it's like immature. <laughs> it's, like, it's like perfect because it's about middle school best friends. Um, these two girls, Maya Ishii Peters, who's Hapa, she's half Japanese, half white, and her, her best friend, Anna Cohn. And it's just the most awkward awkward experiences of growing up in middle school. <laughs> and so it brings me back. So I was like, Annie, you have to watch this show. <laughs> I was like, you have to watch all this awkward stuff, especially because we're like re revisiting our growing up experiences. And this show is set in the seventh grade in the year 2000, which is not that far off from when we were in seventh grade. So a lot of the throwback references are all very familiar to us in our experiences during those formative years. I am so glad that you recommended this show to me because I know I said this to you before, but every single episode, I am literally laughing out loud <laughs> constantly. And there has not been a show that I've watched where that has happened on such a consistent basis too. It's just, and I think to your point, it's that, that familiarity and the awkwardness and the, the actresses. I mean, they are just, they really lean into <laughs> their, <laughs> the awkwardness of their characters. And it just makes it even funnier that they are 30 something year olds playing 13 year olds that makes it even more hilarious. So and they're you. so good at it. They like have the posture and all the mannerisms of like what an insecure preteen or early teenage adolescent girl <laughs> would be doing and like saying to her friends and so, so awkward and so <laughs> so perfectly captured. So um it's not just like it's not just a, it's like a fantastic show, but they also tackle some really tough parts of growing up. And there's one episode, episode six of season one, that really just hit home of the Asian American experience in those years. It's called Posh because it was during the years when the, the girl band Spice Girls was really hot. Spice Girls was like five girls. And everybody wanted to be Spice Girls. And so like you and your friends would say, okay, let's be the Spice Girls. This episode like centers around that Spice Girls premise as a way to bring out 
Maya Ishii-Peters experience as an Asian American, where she already knows in intrinsically that she should be ashamed of her Japanese heritage, but also learns explicitly that it's something that, that can be used against her. You just watched it very shortly after I watched it. What were your reactions to the episode? Well, I definitely didn't expect the episode. I mean, all of the episodes are very unexpected. I don't sit there and I read the synopsis beforehand. I like to be surprised. (laughs) So I just thought, oh, posh Spice Girls. Oh, cool. This will be a funny episode. Mm, Not quite as much. One of the things that really stood out to me was Anna, Maya's white best friend, having this, what she felt was this light bulb moment of realization being called a racist because there was this incident about the Spice Girls and they were telling Maya's brother and his friend about what they were doing and they called out what had happened as this incident as being racist. So Anna goes and researches and she goes down this rabbit hole, this 2000s version of the internet rabbit hole to discover, you know, what is, she searches things like, what is racism? Why does racism exist? And this and that, right? And you see these wheels turning all of a sudden she feels like, oh my gosh, I have to do something about this. This is wrong. This is a thing that exists and I'm a part of the problem and I'm going to I'm going to solve all of the racism problems. And she goes to the principal and says, racism is a problem. We need to get rid of it and fix it. And she conjures up this plan to help end racism (laughs) at the (laughs) school, which ends up making everything worse. The objective was to call attention to the fact that racism exists why it's so wrong, and how it needs to be fixed. She was trying to mm-hmm. accomplish all these three things. And one of the things that spoke to me about this entire thing from Anna's perspective is this whole concept of white guilt, mm-hmm. right? And how when you combine this concept of white guilt without full context and education and knowledge and background and how to effectively make change. It's like this perfect storm of making things worse Mm -hmm. and putting this additional burden onto the very people that you as the white person are trying to help or feel like you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. Right. And it just came out full force in Anna's character in this whole, you know, middle school, oh my God, I have to fix it. And here's exactly how I'm going to do it. And then what happens? She ends up hurting the very mm-hmm. person she's trying to help because she didn't go into it with the full context and knowing the the best, you know, skills and techniques to to make an effective change. That was the first thing that stood out to me. The white guilt and just her misguided ideas of how she's going to fix it are just so indicative of like how at the time people with good intentions go about things the wrong way. We as a country have evolved so much since then of learning 
the difference between, say, performative justice versus allyship. These are things that, like, I feel like allyship is just a term that I didn't even learn until a few years ago. It's really hard for people when they see the wrong to know what is the right way to to go about it or doing something about it and being a positive force for healing. I think that was very uh, revealing. To me, it, the, the very first thing that I knew this episode was going to be good was um, in the beginning where Maya and Anna are super excited that three other girls are going to be coming over to visit to do this like Spice Girls video. I think it's a, a class project. And so they're like, how are we going to impress these girls? Like, how are we, how are we going to like get accepted and, um, and, you know, by these girls that are coming over to collaborate with us? Like, we want them to be our friends. So they're like thinking of everything they need to impress the girls. And it's like, do you have the snacks? And like, yeah, I have, I have this bag of Cheetos. And then all throughout this scene where they're preparing, it's at Maya's house and Maya is going around and like hiding everything that that is a signal of her Japanese identity. So she like covers up the shrine to her grandfather and she like takes takes down any like wall decorations that have Japanese influence to them because she just kind of like instinctively knows that these classmates are not going to she, it's a liability. They might exclude her or other her if she has anything foreign looking that is not part of their house. That is a great foreshadowing for that scene when Anna, in her misguided attempt to quote unquote fix racism, she hosts this staged thing where she posts this sign that says, I am Japanese on mm-hmm. Maya's locker. And does the whole skit that she had planned and that perfectly. And at the end where it just makes it totally worse, Maya says, yeah, I know I'm Japanese. Thanks for letting, you know, I forgot exactly Mm -hmm. what she said, but she, so it brings back that shame Mm -hmm. that now she's being called out in front of the entire school and brought to everybody's attention in a literal sign that says I am Japanese the very thing that, to your point, in the beginning of the episode, she's been trying to minimize so that mm-hmm. she can not be called out for that, literally and figuratively. So I thought that was a really kind of interesting way to close that. And it just hurt a lot to see that happen. And then there's that part also in that particular scene that I thought was interesting too that that showed part of why Maya wanted to minimize that part of who she is is those boys run by and they say some they said some really racist stuff at Mm -hmm. her which is one of the things that you know she's afraid of yeah when people identify and really call that out she's gonna get be the butt end of jokes and racist comments and things like that and up until that point I've forgotten actually about but I remember there is this rhyme that I actually participated in I don't know if it was a coping mechanism or what I don't know if you remember this rhyme when we were in like middle school ish I believe it was Chinese Japanese dirty knees look at these and there were hand motions 
that went along with that, which included pulling your eyes back. So that scene really brought up that for me. Yeah, it was definitely like that when you're in that adolescent years, like any surface that could be fodder for ridicule or for people to make fun of, we all kind of viewed that, viewed these things, these physical, visible things about ourselves as a liability. And I think it started the learning of self-hate among Asian Americans because like these are things that you can't change about yourself. I mean, now it's like the solution is like plastic surgery to like make your eyes bigger or whatever. But it's, I think the whole core of the episode is that like Maya is trying to assimilate. She's trying to be viewed as the same as her peers, but she never can be because they'll always see her as this other, like she looks different. When they're choosing the which spice, who is which spice girl, Maya wants to be posh spice, which I think a lot of us did because she's like stylish and has the most together. But the one of the girls is like, no, you can't be posh. You have to be scary spice because in the Spice Girls, Scary Spice was the only person of color. She was black. So therefore, Maya, even though she had pale skin, this girl is telling her, you're tan, so you're Scary Spice. Because basically, Maya was the only person of color in their group, and Scary Spice is the only person of color in the girl group. So just purely based on physical attributes, you are therefore the person of color in the Spice Girls. Even though Maya was, but I could do the accent or like I could whatever, <laughs> trying to prove herself as being able to identify with this uh, other Spice Girl. Yeah, and I think that's also perfect in a parallel and metaphor to the limitations, literally and figuratively, that a person of color has in the world, right? It's, there's five people in this example. You could be any one of five, but really, as a person of color, you can only be one of the five. So that's an automatic limitation that is placed on you, mm-hmm. be it by, your, by yourself or by other people. The point is that is a limitation, and that has ramifications all the way down the road, professionally, mm-hmm. personally, academically, whatever. And I think that is a really good way of articulating that concept. Yeah, I mean, it it just it ties to so many things. Like the other four girls, they got to choose whoever they wanted based on like their personality or their preferences. But it's kind of like jobs, right? Like when when you are in the person of privilege, you can see all of the opportunities as available to you. But when you're the minority, you are like you're reinforced all your life. These are the paths that are valid for you. Like you only have a subset of the paths uh, that you can choose from. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a brilliant episode to kind of demonstrate how how these things play out in middle school and in these social situations. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like the start of the pain of being a minority exactly. in America. Yeah, I think there's so many great parallels to adult life and to your point showing the root of where it kind of all begins so yeah I think it was a really good reminder to us every little thing matters 
at mm-hmm. every stage of your life. What a what a missed opportunity. I think like if we could teach kids how to be allies for each other in the face of bullying, that whole experience could have been neutralized if Anna had stood up for Maya and said, no, like she could be anybody that she wants. Or you don't have to put her in these racist characters in the video just because she has dark hair. The episode didn't didn't demonstrate that, but it's like that's kind of the takeaway that I had of this could have gone so differently if she knew how to be an ally. Right. And that's also similarly for me, the feeling that I got of it was and I mean, understandably, it is the TV show. You get one episode. How do you <laughs> fit what you need to in mm-hmm. there? But yes, thinking about it beyond that. The way that it kind of ended was their friendship is so strong. Instead of beating up Anna, like Maya was being encouraged to do, to put her in Mm -hmm. her place, to show her how wrong she was, they use their strength of their friendship to Mm -hmm. just forget about it and Mm -hmm. move past it without a real conversation about what could have, should have. Mm-hmm. happened and i think that speaks directly to your point about well it wasn't addressed and you know it wasn't addressed like what would have been the better option throughout all of these interactions in the episode it does hopefully drop people's because it's not addressed there at least hopefully drop the viewers thought process of how could this have gone better if this was a real life situation which it is in general it, it happens all the time So what would have been the better Mm -hmm. response, the better reaction? And I think it's great that their friendship can overcome everything, but it doesn't overcome (laughs) unconscious Mm -hmm. bias and just all these belief systems that were put in place. So I think it's a good starting point for conversations to happen. Yeah, like big fans of Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle as creatives, as funny people, (laughs) hilarious people. So highly recommend watching this show. If you're an adult, it's, it has very adult themes, even though it's addressing middle school experience. It's rated MA for a reason. (laughs) But yes, love the show. Hilarious. But also, as we mentioned in this episode six and other episodes, it definitely the reason it resonates and is so engaging is that it really calls up lots of reality, a lot of realities, a lot of truths, a lot of things, experiences for all of us that either we've forgotten on purpose or by <laughs> accident. I think it's it's just it's such a great show. So thanks for introducing me to it. I will be (laughs) watching more episodes later today for sure. (laughs) Yeah, we are burning through it. I I think I'm on on season two now. I'm super happy that there's more to watch. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely look forward to doing more of these, not just book clubs. There's lots of stuff to talk about for sure. This is very exciting. We have gotten our first reviews on Apple Podcasts. We already have four reviews. I know. It's awesome. And so our first ever reviewer is, uh, let's try this, H. Dismiss Missos. (laughs) 
I think I think people make throwaway names on their review accounts. If that was you, we really want to send you a sticker because everyone who reviews us gets a sticker. Just DM yeah. us. We're very excited. Oh, so sidebar. So they're so cute. They're like what two inches? Yeah. So we got these stickers printed, and they're like the perfect flower, Meihua, Taiwan national flower design um and you can like put it on everything so you can have a sticker too if you write us a review and then let us know that you did it because we have no idea who any of these people are because we've never seen any of these usernames before (laughs) so others let's see we have mm, mm bluers and raya the last dragon they were both uh, also so kind to review us even after we had only posted our first episode. So that was um, a vote of confidence. And they both said that they want to hear more. Wait, so we were reviewed by Raya, the last dragon. That's a clue. They're probably Asian. And then our most recent review from Amped Lemon said this. If you are someone with a complex heritage, for example, from that of Taiwan or China, or any other culture, then this podcast was made for you. It's titled, A Podcast Made for Me. Nice. Love it. Annie and Angela discuss the things that I've always wondered about my own family's history, and they do so in an engaging and thoughtful way. (laughs) And so that's that's really nice. Um, And at the end, it says, pew, pew. So that's a hint. What does pew pew mean Someone to you? Someone from Taiwan talks. Yeah. Oh, that was so that was so fun to read. So I mean, thanks for the support to our friends and family, and also to the new friends that we've made as we've been connecting more with the Taiwanese community. I'm really excited uh, for the journey that we're starting off on and hopefully bringing more people along with us as we progress through this. Yeah, we've been having some really awesome conversations in our DMs with um, Taiwanese American entrepreneurs that we're trying to consciously support. And also, it's just like really fun to to talk more and hear everybody else's perspectives. Um, I, I love hearing about each person's family history or things that they've been inspired to talk about or ask, not just um, around Taiwanese identity, but also um, my friends of other ethnicities. It's helped them think more about their heritage, from their family's origins before coming to America. And um Yeah, I I am hearing about a lot more great conversations happening between friends and among family. So that's so exciting to hear. Yeah, same here, actually. Um, the some of my coworkers have also said the same thing. You know, they they don't have a personal connection to Taiwan, but listening to the podcast, they've said, Hey, it's really got me thinking a lot about my own heritage and the conversations that I've had with my family, my parents, grandparents, and and more of what I want to do the next time I see my family members. So I was 
so delighted to hear that. And it just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us for Hearts in Taiwan. The music you hear at the beginning and end of the episode is the song Level Up by Vienna Tang, which is produced by Kaysen Cooley and Vienna Tang. You can follow and DM us on Instagram or Facebook at Hearts in Taiwan, or contact us through our website, heartsintaiwan.com. Come back next week for our next episode. Until then, follow your curiosity. And follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs>